Praise the Lord. Welcome to our Hebrews Bible study that we have every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. Got the Word of God here with me. Hope you'll grab your copy and follow along with us today as we endeavor to move on through chapter 4 of this great letter of Hebrews. We are so privileged, blessed, honored, favored of the Lord to even have a Bible and Bibles in homes and cars and uh, closets and fireplace mantles, Bibles everywhere. I pray we'd be found opening those Bibles and seeking the Lord in all things, seeking Him with our whole heart. Hallelujah. It's been a great broadcast. I'm telling you, one day if the Lord tarries, we'll make it all the way through Hebrews and, and we'll just be rejoicing again, firm with that hope He's given us all the way to the end of this race he set before us to run and uh, I'm excited about the things of the Lord, the things he's showing his remnant in these last days, those who care about the will of God, those who want to learn the word of God those who are excited about the things of the Lord I'm, 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 I'm thankful for that, that people there, you know uh, it's one thing not to know, it's another thing not to want to know and yet to call ourselves a Christian, that's a dangerous, very dangerous place to be. But again, thank God for all those who are hearing what the Spirit of God is saying to the churches today. And they're coming back to the place of Calvary, that one way of righteousness, which is the way of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Glory to God. In the morning at 9 a.m. Central Time, I will begin a new endeavor, a new topic, ministering something the Lord has placed in my heart called Bible Faith in Light of the Cross. Bible Faith in Light of the Cross. It's a new teaching. I, 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 I know the Lord is going to give us some amazing and profound truths in His Word concerning biblical faith. There's been many books, many sermons preached, many books written all over the last 50, 60, 70 years, even more, that don't quite have it. And, and the reason they don't quite have the reality, biblical reality of faith outside of faith to be born again is because they've never known. It's been here. But men have never known the way of sanctification. How to live for God. You talk to people today and they'll just look at you and say, Well, you just live for God. No, there is a way prescribed by God. And outside of that one way, people aren't living for God. They think they are. It seems right to them, but the end of the, that way is death. There's only one way. And that's the same way we entered in. And that's through faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary. So tune in starting in the morning at 9 a.m. for our new teaching. Hasn't started yet. Brand new in the morning at 9 a.m. Central. Bible faith in light of the cross. It'll be several sessions, several weeks uh, on Friday morning. So join us. Get your Bibles, your pencil, your paper your heart toward God, a, a prayerful heart, a seeking heart, and the Lord is going to fill our hearts with the truth of His Word. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm just excited about what the Lord is showing those that He's been able to bring back 
to the seeing place, the, the hearing place, the receiving place, and that is faith in the cross of Jesus Christ and that alone. No other place God has given humanity to place their faith in but His Son and what His Son did at Calvary. Glory to God. Woo! Hallelujah. It's good to know that today. Again, welcome to the broadcast. This is Hebrews chapter 4, part 4, on this 22nd day of April 2021. Let's begin this morning. Uh, let's just begin by reminding ourselves that during this broadcast, the capabilities and the possibilities that God could reach into your life and do something amazing is beyond what we can imagine. God is able. And through the pointing to Christ, through the pointing to what He did at Calvary, through the preaching of the very power of God, which is the cross of Christ being brought into the Scriptures, not us making it fit, but us finding the treasure in every word God has ever spoken. We live by every word, but Christ said He is our life, yet the life is only found in the blood. So therefore, we understand that all God's words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8, and that righteousness is only revealed in the gospel to those who go from faith to faith as God's word comes in its righteous context pointing us to Christ and his finished work we continue to go from faith to faith see we're going to come back God's going to bring a people back to that place of reality no more pretending faking making up things hallelujah but during these broadcasts where the gospel is understood to be the power God's arm reaches into these sessions. God's arm reaches into the believing hearts and heals broken bodies, changes wayward minds, sets the course, removes the crookedness from the path we've been on, removes the hazy and the cloudy places that have surrounded our heart and, and things there that we just knew weren't right, but we just couldn't put our finger on during these sessions of truth, the gospel being ministered, God reaches in and He does things to us, for us, through us, in us, by us, because the power is in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's remember that in our study of Hebrews. Verse 6, as we back up just for a moment and get our, our feet planted to take off today. Hebrews 4 and 6, seeing, very important, that word. If you're not seeing what he's talking about seeing, well, we're in trouble. Seeing, therefore, it remains that some must enter in. God's still got room. There's still room at the cross for you. Hallelujah. Some must still enter in. That's why. He hasn't come for his church yet because some in this age must still enter in. It's called the times of the Gentiles, Luke 21, 24. It's the times of the Gentiles. Israel did not accept Jesus, their Messiah, so they were cut off. They were rejected because they rejected him. And through their unbelief, Romans chapter 11 tells us that we were grafted in. Hallelujah. Woo! 
who are unbelievers in Israel, but because of their unbelief, through their unbelief, the Bible says we were offered an opportunity to be saved, all Gentiles, hallelujah. The door is wide open to everybody, but that age is about to close. That age, the times of the Gentiles, that era, that, that day is about to close. But before it does, which could be before I'm through teaching this session, but before it closes, there's still room. Some still must, must enter in to that rest. And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Unbelief is what keeps us from entering in to salvation. Or if we've been saved, it keeps us from entering in to the will of God for our lives. It's unbelief that is a rejection of the Lord, a resisting of God that automatically causes Him to resist us. Don't disagree with that. Paul told Timothy, if we deny Him, He will deny us. He resists the proud. Why? Because the proud are resisting him. Who are the proud? Oh no, it's not the big multimillionaires who walk around in their $10,000 suits and $10,000 watches and $5,000 shoes with their chest sticking out. That, yeah, okay, call it pride if you will. Uh, think they're higher and better and, uh, than anybody. Listen, but that ain't the only picture of pride. In the eyes of the Lord, pride is simply those who are trusting in anything. Get this today. While it is today, you need to get this. God sees pride in the heart of men that are trusting in anything other than Jesus and his finished work of redemption that took place at Calvary. If I'm trusting in any other thing, and I'm listen, I'm not talking about trusting in a chair to sit in it. I'm talking about spiritual matters. To, to be saved, to live saved, to have any grace at all for anything, for ministry, I have to have my trust in the work Christ carried out at Calvary, that being His death. The life of God only flows into my life out of death. My faith in the death of Jesus gives me the resurrected life of Christ. For us to live as Christians is Christ or we're not living. I hope you're getting something today. I hope you're understanding some of this today. But to those who it was first preached, they, they, they resisted God. They, they didn't believe God, unbelief, so therefore they couldn't enter in. They not only, and you've heard me tell it the last couple of sessions, they not only did not enter into the promised land of rest, but they never entered in, they never entered in even to heaven. We know that because the rest that they were offered was far more than a land being given to them, even though it was the land was given to them and we're not being offered acreage today. We're being offered a position in Christ, life eternal and abundantly with all spiritual blessings, all promises found as absolutely yes and amen in Christ, not some geographical location 
Although Israel was offered that, it, it would be far beyond that. It would be an eternity with Him. They didn't make that. Again, let me remind us, Hebrews 3 says they never knew God's ways. They always rebelled against Him. It wasn't just that they said, God's wrong, we can't have the land. It's that they never knew His ways. Read Hebrews 3. They always erred in their heart. And they didn't make it. That same rest is being offered us today. Look, verse 7. Again, He limits a certain day. That means He designates, but it does mean limit. This day, this time period is limited. Now, I know our flesh, we've all been guilty of it. We don't go around and, and get an attitude about it like the scoffers and the naysayers and, and, and all the mockers, but we've thought it our own selves. Well, they've been saying this for, man, they've been saying this since Jesus came and was buried and rose again. They've been saying he's come. It's been 2,000 years right at it. You know, we got to be careful with that because he is coming again. And this limited day, this designated day that we're in right now, this period called the times of the Gentiles, it's about to close. Think about all those years that Noah built that ark with his sons and his wife, and their wives. And those people said, man, that's a fool. That's a fool. Lord's not, if, even if it does rain, Lord's not going to wash us all away and only save one family. I'm telling you, there's only one family the Lord's going to save when He comes, and that's His family. That's those who are in Christ. That's those who've come to the way of righteousness and have not turned away from it. 2 Peter 2 and 21. It's those who've believed upon Christ and held firm that confidence, of, that hope of confidence firm until the end. If we turn away from what we've come to and received, and we can, my, my friends, don't listen to these folks who, who, who've taken the trembling of heart uh, out of God's Word. Don't, don't, don't listen to them. <clears throat> you can turn away from the way of righteousness, the holy commandment of God. During this day that's limited, no matter what your relatives say, no matter what your friends say, don't, don't go find somebody that, that can make you feel good about what you believe. Stick with the Word of God. He's right. The Word of the Lord is right. Psalms 33, 4. And all His works are done in truth. That truth is a man named Jesus. And what makes him that truth to anybody is faith in what that man Jesus did at the cross. Outside of that, there's nothing but wrath. There's nothing but wrath. Nothing but wrath. Nothing but a resistance of God even by those who are in the church all the time doing things for the name of Christ. You need to listen to last night's message. If we've fallen from our first love, then the works aren't first works anymore. 
If we've fallen from our first love, we've fallen from grace. And even though we're doing what we're doing because we're told by God to do it according to the word and doing it for the name of Christ. He said he had come and take the lampstand away, the light of the church away if we don't repent and get back to where we've fallen from. Doing all the right things for the name of Christ. We better wake up. We better wake up and realize that we can be in a church that's doing all the right things for the name of Christ. We can have a name that's alive but receive a letter like Sardis did, Revelation chapter 3, and be told, you've got a name that you're alive. Boy, you got it going on. Y'all looking good, but you're dead. You're dead. Remember, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that the way of righteousness is life, and therein is no death. We've got to get back to the path of righteousness. We can't just do good deeds. We can't even just do what the Bible tells us to do and stamp righteousness on it, stamp God on it. It's got to be from a heart that's believing unto His righteousness, which is who He is (coughs) and what He did on the cross. We move away from that Even if we say we haven't, if that's not what we're sharing, if that's not what we're sitting under, the preaching of the cross in every jot and tittle of the Word of God. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God if we're actually hearing it properly. That's why Jesus taught, take heed how you hear and what you hear. The church of Sardis was told to repent and get back to the place where they could hear and receive once again. They had no idea they weren't hearing from the Lord. They had no idea they weren't receiving of the Lord. But they weren't. They had no idea that they were dead, non-fruit bearing. Because to them and everybody around the whole region looked at them like, man, that's a church alive and it's sure worth the drive. They got a name. They are. That's a church alive. Jesus sees things in a different way. And while it's still today, oh, we better realize. We better wake up and realize if we're on the path of righteousness or if we're just on some path and calling it the path of righteousness. What keeps us on the path of righteousness we were placed on when we were born again is faith in the sacrifice of Christ. That's what our faith has to be and that will allow the Holy Spirit to continue those works He began, those first works because of a first love where we first recognized God loved us and and we received that through faith in the cross of Christ and He shed His love abroad in our hearts and we began to love Him and begin to love each other. Again, he limits, it's limited. A certain day saying in David, today after so long a time as it is said, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Harden not your hearts. When I hear a message, a teaching such as this, and I begin to think, well, man, if I follow that, what are they going to think of me? That's a heart starting to harden. That's a heart starting to harden because it makes no difference what the excuse is. If I refuse to hear 
the word of the Lord today that will call me back to a place of rest if I've journeyed away from it, back to the place of my first love if I've fallen from it and didn't know. I've been there. I've been there. And when you get real with God, then you can be real with yourself. Then you can admit you've been wrong. That's what we don't like, my friends. We don't like realizing we've been wrong. And the longer we've been wrong, the harder it is for us to admit we've been wrong. But until we admit we've been wrong, we'll never be able to walk in that which is right. But God's looking for those who have an honest heart. Remember the parable of the seed and the sower? The honest heart is the only heart that can receive the word, keep the word, and the word be able to prosper and bring forth the fruit of the word, the fruit of the spirit in that life. The honest heart that will sit back, take a look at themselves, what they're believing and ask the Lord to help them to only walk in truth because truth is that which shows us righteousness. If, if we're not seeing the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ provided for us through faith in the cross alone, we're not really hearing the truth. Or if we are, we're hearing it in the wrong way. Proverbs 12 and 17, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. If we're not seeing righteousness, but we think we're hearing truth, if the result of hearing truth does not put my feet on the path of righteousness, which means my faith is in the cross, because the gospel and the truth are one and the same thing and cannot be separated. That's why all of the words of God cannot be separated from the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Proverbs 8 and 8, all of my words, says the Lord, are in righteousness. And His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. In Proverbs, that's, that's Romans 1, 16 and 17. And Proverbs 12 and 17 says, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. If truth is being held in its righteous context, righteousness will be seen. What's the context of truth that shows us righteousness? The gospel. And we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So we must look at every word, not because we came in through the blood. We must look at every word God has ever spoken through the blood. Never forget that. If that's not what you're sitting under, if that's not what you, the avenue through which you've studied the word, well, today's a great day for repentance and to remember that the day is limited. The day is limited. Many through unbelief did not get to enter in to the rest of God. Again, verse 7, let's read it again. He limits, he designates a, a limited time period saying in David, today after so long a time, woo, it's been a long time you say, as it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. And that's quoted from Psalms 95, 7 through 11. Verse 8. 
For if Jesus, and that really is the word for Joshua, that's, that's what it is, Joshua, Yeshua, was the guy who led God's people into the promised land after Moses died, the same name that Jesus had, Yeshua. For if Yeshua, Jesus, Joshua, had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. This confirms that the promised land, the rest of God, the rest that God's offered is far beyond what Joshua led the people of God into in a geographical location. Do you see that today? The rest of God is resting with God in the place He's resting. And Zephaniah 3.16 says He is resting in His love. Glory to God. Now I'm not talking about feelings and emotions. I'm talking about God resting on that eighth day as we'll see. God ceasing from all His works the six days that He he took to create everything and man and then He rested not from being weary and tired or fatigued. He rested because His works were done concerning that of His creation and His highest creation, man, and all the provision man would ever need. He was done. And on the seventh day, He simply rested from his works because the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Verse 3, we read it. For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he has said, as I have sworn in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. The works were finished from the foundation of the world. So here we have the confirmational, I call it confirmational scripture, that the people of old who wandered in the desert 40 years in rebellion, never knowing God's way, always erring in their hearts, not only did not enter into a a promised land, a geographical promised land, but they never entered into that rest of God resting with Him because of unbelief. And we have Hebrews written to us so that we can take heed and caution. We'll go back to verse 1. Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us of entering into His rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. And just because you've entered in by believing, Hebrews 3, let's go back to Hebrews 3. He says, verse 12, Take heed, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. This is not talking to lost people. I hope you know that. Because he's telling us, brothers, sisters, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. That's the noun. That's the sin nature. Not acts of sin but the sin nature. Now, this is to to believers and this proves it. Exhort one another daily concerning believing, entering into this rest, 
lest any of you be hardened. That means you, you've moved into a place where you, your heart is no longer hardened. And so we exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened. You get hardened through the deceitfulness of the sin nature. Because we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. I know there's a lot of false doctrine in the church concerning the once saved, always saved and all that stuff, but that simply exists because man has seen things in the Word such as what we see here in the Word of God and it causes our hearts to tremble. And so instead of allowing our hearts that are trembling to draw near to God and just simply believe God and to continue to enter on in to a place of rest with Him daily, we change God's Word. We we alter it. We, We make it mean something else so it causes our hearts to stop trembling. Let me remind you as I prepare to close today, Isaiah 66 says it's it's the trembling heart, the heart that trembles at God's Word that He looks upon. That He looks upon. And Psalms 32, 8 tells us that He instructs us in the way as He guides us with His eye. That means as He tends to us, as He looks upon His people. He looks upon those that tremble at His Word. My friend, don't take the trembling of heart. Don't change God's Word to remove your heart from trembling. God intends on our hearts trembling at His Word because He is a God to be feared. I'm not talking about we're scared of God so you can't serve somebody you're scared of that way. But what the word fear means is that we've weighed out in our own hearts that which God says and offers against any other alternative. And God's word and God's way weighs more than what we think or others tell us what we need to think or or maybe what we've been taught our whole life that's been wrong. And we just need to come back to the place where we accept God's word as God's word And though our hearts tremble when we see certain things in God's Word, we draw near and we just simply trust the Lord. Amen. It's been a great half-hour broadcast today. Again, get in the Word. Get in the Word. You must get in the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of grace to teach you to bring an increase of prosperity, the prosperity of God's Word in our hearts. And He desires to do it more than we desire for Him to do it. Hallelujah. Again, it's been great today. Join us Monday morning as we'll continue right here where we left off in our Hebrews teaching. But don't forget, in the morning, 9 a.m., Right here on these same avenues, we're going to begin our new study on Bible faith in light of the cross. Praise God. We love you. God bless you. Don't forget to pray for us and to sow into good ground so you'll reap a harvest. Sow into good ground. You can do that.
the Lord moves upon your heart to be a blessing, to donate to Crossway Church and the ministry God has given us here, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. Again, God bless you. We love you. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.